0: USC and Oregon are undoubtedly the two biggest brands in the Pac-12 when you're looking at it from a national level. But which team could be poised to slide into that third slot? Might not be the team you think. Let's go. Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions, which is why you should like and subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, comments on YouTube, likes on YouTube, all that stuff helps with the show, and I appreciate all of you out there who have already done that wonderful, fantastic, good-hearted stuff. So we're answering a couple mailbag questions today, and if you ever want a question answered here on the show, you may do so. You can tweet with the hashtag AskLOP12, or you can DM me at Smalls underscore 55 or at LockedOnDucks, or... Yeah, there's a fourth way to do it too. You hop in the YouTube comments. You ask me a question there. I monitor them daily. And then I come on here and I give the question a full run through and answer it for all the world to hear. So we've got uh, a couple questions coming in via the YouTube comments on, I think it was Monday's episode, maybe Tuesday's. I don't know what day of the week it is. I literally never know what day of the week it is. It's just uh, something about me. But uh, Simon... I had something caught in my throat right there. Uh, Simon Riley is asking our first question that does not have the answer you might think. Who's the most likely football team in the Pac-12 to ascend to national brand status alongside Oregon and USC? I think the quick and easy answer here is Utah. Because Utah was just in the Rose Bowl, they're the reigning Pac-12 champs. They're my pick to win again this year at this point in time. Unless USC or Oregon or maybe even UCLA can show me something in the first month of the season, I think Utah is looking like the best team in the Pac-12, at least going into the year, you know, before we have uh, attrition with injuries and uh, guys underperforming or transfers or, or whatever the case may be. So. That's why Utah, I think, is kind of the easy answer because they are becoming a more respected brand on a national level. They've got a huge, huge opportunity down in week one uh, in Gainesville against Florida. Even though they're off of a a middling six and seven season last year, which by Florida standards is actually pretty darn bad, going into SEC country and getting a win for any Pac-12 team would be a, a really big deal. And I think that if Utah is able to win that game, it would certainly elevate their brand nationally and the the power that it has on, on the recruiting trail. However, my answer to the fundamental question here from our good friend Simon is Washington. And the reason I, I say the Huskies over the Utes, because when you're talking about national brand status, you have to have some things already baked into the cake in terms of program success and and recognition. And when you look at the history of Utah and Washington, one has been in since it was the Pac-8, and Utah, of course, one of the two teams that made it the Pac-12 back in 2011. So as a Power 5 program, Utah's history is inherently not as long and not as successful if you want to go way, way back as Washington's is. Now, that's not super important. You know, what they did in the 90s is not even what I'm I'm primarily looking at there. Yeah, that's a part of it, but do a lot of, you know, young college football fans, students in the stands, or heck, even people who were fans of the sport back in the 90s care that Washington was really good in the 90s? No, not really. Like They haven't been supremely relevant since uh, Chris Peterson left, but that was, of course, their most recent rise uh, to fame there. but. I think from a a national, like the question here is about national brand status alongside Oregon and USC. So you're talking about recognition, you're talking about recruiting, you're talking about. Players, uh, you know, knowing you from all across the country, right? Able to go into uh, a variety of states, not just uh, recruiting players primarily or big time recruits out of the West Coast. You're talking about national media pundits and personalities talking about you. All that plays into what I'm thinking of as, you know, a national brand power status. And I think Washington has the greater potential to get there th- than Utah does because you have to remember the last team to get into the college football playoff is Washington. And unfortunately, that's kind of a stain on the conference right now at the national level is, well, you haven't made the playoffs since 2018 when uh, when Washington got in. Yeah, that's very true. And that's not great for the Pac-12. But that's not a bad thing for Washington because from a recruiting standpoint, that looks a lot more like They have the potential to get back there if you can just start getting some players and moving in that direction. That's the first part of it. And the second part of it is that you're just going to have more people know about your school or respect your school when you've actually gotten there. It's not that Utah is not becoming more well-known. They certainly are. And as I said, if they're able to go down and beat Florida, I think that'll take another step up. But that Rose Bowl was huge. Even though they didn't win the Rose Bowl, you go toe-to-toe with Ohio State as a program that... 12 years ago was not in a Power Five conference, that's a big deal. That That is a big, big deal, and you should not undersell how important that game was to getting Utah the sort of respect that they deserve. But still, on a national level, I don't think Utah has uh, the name brand recognition or uh, national respect amongst college football fans that that Washington does because of that college football playoff appearance. That that's what Utah is missing there, and why I think, or part of the reason I think Washington is the more likely of the two to get back to that level where they're you know a, a really well-respected national brand that that people know, that people talk about, and that are, are relevant. And I think Utah's got a great chance this year because how you follow up that Rose Bowl season is almost as important, especially after they drubbed Oregon twice in three weeks. How you follow that up is almost as important as doing it in the first place. Because if Utah comes out this year and has a disappointing season, they go, say, 8-4, and then people might look at it as a little bit of a one-off, right? And they'll continue to see Utah as, you know, kind of the the team that comes up short. They came up just short against Oregon in 2019. They've lost uh, another Pac-12 championship game before they broke through in 2021. And so if you want to get to that level, right? You you have to actually climb the mountain. Washington has fallen down, but they climbed the mountain once before and they got into the playoff. So that's why I'd put their brand above Utah's right now in terms of the potential. Now the immediate future, the answer probably is Utah here. But if you're playing the long game, I think the answer is Washington. And there's another reason that I think the answer is the Huskies to this particular question from our, uh, our, our friend Simon Riley. I'll tell you what it is after I tell you Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs, which are over now. Congrats to the Avalanche and Major League Baseball. Go Mariners. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's also the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Another reason I'd say uh, Utah is uh, not quite as likely as Washington, not saying that Utah can't do it, by the way, but if you're asking which I think is most likely to ascend to that status and have that sort of respect, you I, like the, the, the fundamental question that I'm trying to answer there is what's going to happen first? Utah get to the college football playoff or Washington be back in the conversation of winning uh, 10 games and a Pac-12 championship? And I think the answer... You can kind of go either way. We'll see what happens this year with with the Utes, but they have a a pretty tough schedule. They do have USC at home, but they've got UCLA on the road. They've got Oregon on the road, and they have to go at Florida. And you can only have one loss if you're going to get into the college football playoff. Utah can be a really good team, and I can have them, in my mind, as the favorites to win the Pac-12 and repeat as champions. But getting the college football playoff it is a little bit of a different conversation there. And I don't know that they have the most favorable schedule in the world, though I think they'll be very good. Uh, in an upcoming episode, I'll be doing their, their over-under total and schedule breakdown and whatnot. But the, the other reason that I was talking about on the previous side uh, of the ad break was recruiting. Because if you're talking about elevating to a national brand level status— recruiting is a huge part of that because that's how you get recognized by players all over the country. And that's how you also are able to build a successful program. And the recruiting potential at Washington, to me, is unquestionably higher than the recruiting potential at, at Utah. And Kyle Whittingham has always you know, made his living doing more with less. And, and Washington, I wouldn't say, has been uh, a, as pronounced in that sense as, say, a, a Utah or a Washington State or an Oregon state or a Colorado that, you know, is just not going to be able to bring in that many big time recruits, but Washington, and I'll be talking about one of their big time recruits on the second segment here of uh, the second topic, I should say of the show today, Washington right now in the class of 2023 is inside the top 20. As I'm recording this day of, they just got a a three-star quarterback commit from the state of South Dakota. We'll be talking about him in depth uh, next week with uh, with John Garcia, director of recruiting for SI, who's also on the show tomorrow. Make sure you like and subscribe so you can listen to that wherever you're or watch it if you're watching on YouTube right now. Right now, the Huskies are inside the top 20 at number 17. Utah's at number 63. That doesn't mean Utah isn't going to be a, a really good football team or that they can't you know, increase that ranking. They certainly won't finish around the, the, the 60s and such. But what I'm saying is Washington is coming off of a 4-8 and eight season and they've got a new coaching staff. And they've had an exceptional month of June on the recruiting trail. If Kyle Whittingham had a really down year and Utah decided to move on from him after 18, 19, 20 years or however many it would have been. Whatever guy came in as a head coach, I'd be shocked if he got Utah into the top 20 from a recruiting standpoint because Kyle Whittingham isn't getting them to that level. And I'm not saying he needs to. But if you're talking about the the potential and the ceiling of a, a program and how you can elevate them to a national level and build build it back up and get back up to the mountaintop. And again, a place where Washington has been and Utah has not, it's easier in Seattle, both because I think they've got a little bit more recognition and respect in that sense because of the college football playoff appearance, even though it was not a particularly close game against Alabama. That's not a huge shame in college football. Utah is in a better position to to win now as a school, But if you're playing the long game, talking about the overall ceiling here, I think the answer to this question is Washington. You also have to factor in, when you're talking about recruiting, where are they recruiting? I mean, Utah, in their own backyard, does not have as much talent as the state of Washington does. And the Huskies have seen a bunch of in-state recruits. Jaden Wayne is about to be the latest, but, you know, Josh Connerly, Dave Uli went down to Oregon. I mean, there have been a bunch of guys over the years who have been kind of blue-chip prospects that have decided to go play elsewhere. That's not something that Utah really has. There are an increasing number of good players in Utah from from my estimation. But if you look at the states that are churning out the highest-rated prospects consistently, Washington has a greater population than the state of Utah by a couple million people. So they're naturally going to have more good prospects. So that's another reason I think the ceiling for Washington there is higher. Uh, And so who's the most likely football team in the Pac-12 to ascend to national brand status alongside Oregon and USC? I think it's Washington. That's not the team that's most equipped to win this year. But if you're playing a long game here, and Simon doesn't give a specific timeline, but who can get to that level? I think it's easier to do at Washington than it is at Utah, where you have to, you know, work a little harder for it and do more with less. Whereas at Washington, I think you can bring in big time players to your program at a much higher rate than you can in in Salt Lake City. Um Fascinating question there. That's a really really good one from Simon. But as I always promise, I give it the full run through. I give you my honest thoughts. And guess what? David Harper hopped in the YouTube comments, and he's asking a question in lieu of, uh, I mean, good thing that I chose Washington for the first one. We're transitioning right into this. It's perfect. Uh, He says, first off, love the show. Second, go dogs. Love and dogs, capitalized there. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. I love doing the show for all of you. And I like hearing good feedback about it as well. Question: With the addition of Michael Penix, who will most likely be the starter for UW this season, I agree. Do you think that Sam Huard will transfer to another school to get playing time? Would hate to lose a guy with such a high ceiling. Yeah, that's definitely not what you want to do, and that's that, that's exemplifying what I'm talking about with with regards to the recruiting difference between Washington and Utah. I don't know if Utah's ever had a five-star quarterback recruit. Doesn't mean they can't have a great player. But if you're playing the long game, again, Washington can get those sorts of guys a lot easier than than Utah can. That's why I answer that question the way I did. Uh, First off, I agree Michael Penix is probably going to be a starter for Washington. The question of should he be is a different one. To me, the answer is no. Like I was talking about. I think with Washington, you have to play a little bit of the long game here. I think the roster is not ready for a quick turnaround. They haven't had the transfer portal success quite that like uh, UCLA has had this year. Not that they're rebuilding in the same way, but or, or USC. So you're not going to have, I think, that one-year fix. I don't think that – not that players should show up and try to lose, of course. It's not the NFL. You're not tanking for draft picks. You want to win games so that you can you know, bring in recruits and show them the vision that that you're trying to sell. But I I just wouldn't worry about winning as much in 2022. I mean, Kalen DeBoer hasn't even coached a game and it looks like he's got the recruiting chops. I mean, being in the top 20 right now, if that lasts, that would be an outstanding achievement for DeBoer as Washington's head coach. But think about this for the Huskies. The ceiling is getting in the college football playoff. Could they win a national championship in today's day and age? If you can get to the college football playoff, I tend to think the answer is yes. So, That doesn't mean it's easy, right? But if you can get there, then anything could happen. You you never know. You might not have to play Alabama. You might get to play somebody else who's a little bit more beatable. Um, you you just you never know how things are going to play out. But if you can get into the Final Four, you can have a chance. But that but that's where Washington's trying to get back to, right? Like that is the standard because they've already gotten there. So if you're Washington and you're looking at 2022 you're not going to get to the college football playoff. Is that a hot take? Probably not. I don't think this is coming as a surprise to any and all Washington fans out there watching or listening to the show right now. So if you aren't going to reach the college football playoff as a program that has reasonable expectations of being able to at least compete for a college football playoff slot, then you need to play if you're Kalen DeBoer, you need to, to play your cards in a way that's going to set you up for the best chance to do that in a couple years. And I don't think Michael Penix is the right guy to be able to do that because I think your ceiling with Penix at quarterback is a lot lower than it is with Heward. Now the floor is higher. So if DeBoer, the the, the argument for starting Michael Penix is we need to win games. We need to show recruits that, that we're capable of showing up on Saturdays and doing it, and Penix is more ready to do that than, than Hewitt is, which he probably is because he's won games at Power 5 level. He's won games with Kalen DeBoer as offensive coordinator. I, I understand that. I'm just saying, if I were the head coach, I, I wouldn't have brought Penix to begin with. I would have rolled with Heward and, and seen, you know, what you can what you can get out of him there. Let him make some mistakes. Let him grow, and hopefully, he's able to then reach his ceiling as as a player. The second part of this uh, of this question: Do you think that Sam Heward will transfer to another school to get playing time? I would hate to lose a guy with such a high ceiling. Yeah, yeah, you really would. Anytime you bring in a five-star recruit, no matter which school you are in the Pac-12, even if you're Oregon or USC, you don't want to see them leave the program. So uh, under normal circumstances here, where it's just a five-star quarterback prospect going to a given Pac-12 school, sitting behind someone who is coming in at the quarterback position, who played for your head coach previously at, at, at a stop that he had previously in his coaching career as a veteran quarterback coach who wants to show he can win games. Normally my answer would be yes. There There's a good chance that, that he could transfer if Penix is going to, I need to look up Penix's eligibility here. So uh, just bear with me for one sec. Cause I did not uh, look that specific thing up right before the show. But I, I think with Penix coming in, and, and he's only got one year left. So he played as a freshman and then he was a freshman again. Um. So he, he's a senior coming into this year, but like an actual senior. So he played four years at Indiana. So I, I, I get that. But again, especially if it's only for one year, I don't know if I would have brought him in. Um, if, if I were Caleb Nabor, I understand why it's just not what I would do. Um, but normal circumstances, five-star quarterback sitting behind a transfer for another year after he sat behind Dylan Morris last year, who underwhelmed wildly after a somewhat promising 2020 season at the quarterback position. I'd say the answer is yes. However, 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 Sam's last name is Heward, and he goes to the University of Washington. I think that is a legitimate draw for him to stick around ride it out, and trust that he will be the starter at the latest in 2023. Because if Penix, who's had a couple of injuries in his career, gets injured again, I don't know how Sam Heward is not ahead of Dylan Morris on the depth chart. There would just be no reason to put Morris in there because you're not going to compete. Like I think Washington needs to be playing a little bit of the long game here. And I think to do that, you have to start developing... Sam Hewitt reminds me a little bit of, uh, of Oregon in 2016 with Justin Herbert. You had Dakota Prukop there. He was fine. Like they weren't winning the way that, that they wanted to, that they expected to. And he wasn't doing great, but he was, you know, fine, serviceable, whatever. But here's this freshman with a big arm who can clearly do things that the other guy can't. And yeah, he's going to make a bunch of freshman mistakes and he's going to learn. But by the time Herbert was a senior, he won a Pac-12 championship and a Rose Bowl, and who knows what uh, what he would have done uh, in his in his sophomore year uh, when he when he broke his collarbone. So I think when you look at at that situation for Washington right now, that's that's the strongest thing that's going to keep him there because it might be something that deters a, a player nowadays in the college football world and the way these kids have access to the transfer portal and just kind of the culture that that's around it now is like oh I'm not playing I need to go elsewhere and somewhere where I can play I, I think that that is uh, something that would be very common but I think in this particular situation I expect heward to, to stick it out because if Penix gets hurt I'm not I'm not rooting for that I know husky fans are not rooting for that it's just something that can happen if he gets hurt then heward slides in and is probably going to be the the starter but at the very least, and be Heward's job for, for 2023. So I, I think that that would keep him around, but thank you David and Simon for, excuse me, the questions, keep them coming again. YouTube comments, hashtag ask LOP 12 at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore PAC 12 are the Twitter handles, DMS at me, YouTube comments, whatever, ask the questions, keep them rolling. I'll answer whatever you've got out there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. See you next time, and have a wonderful rest of your day.